0: Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. The Accidental Gigolo Part 2 by Marsh Alien. Chapter 5 The Accidental Dominant Part 2 I figured that it would take me a little less than an hour to wash and wax my dad's car to my mom's satisfaction. That would still give me five hours or so to get online and learn everything I could about Mrs. Stone's unusual, or preferences before she arrived. That was the theory, anyway. Subtracting the time that my mother insisted I spend mowing our lawn so that it looked nice when Mrs. Stone was going to arrive-arrive after dark, mind you left me with three and a half hours. Minus the weed-eating left me with two and three-quarters hours. Minus the time it took me to prepare dinner left me with two hours. Minus the time we actually spent eating dinner, during which my mother developed a wholly unexpected and very poorly timed interest in my computer programming skills, which might after all be marketable if Pam Lee wanted to use them at her high school, left me with a little over an hour and then you have to subtract the time I spent doing the dishes, the time I spent tidying up the den, and the time I spent showering, the only activity of the bunch that was my idea. Terry! My mother's voice cut through the bathroom door, the sound of the fan, and the towel with which I was drying my hair. I pulled the door open an inch. Yeah, Mom? I yelled back. Mrs. Stone is here. We're leaving. We'll probably be quite late. So whenever you can tear yourself away from your shower, maybe you can lower yourself to come down and say hello. My mother is one of those rare people whose sarcasm loses none of its effectiveness when she screams. Bitch. Have a good time. I yelled. I'm serious. She yelled back. Me too. That one was more or less a whisper, of course. I wrapped the towel around my waist and walked down the hallway to the window overlooking the driveway. From there, I watched my father, in his tuxedo, hold the door of the nicely washed and waxed Jaguar open for my mother, dressed in a strapless black gown. The car purred down the driveway, and I went back to the bathroom to finish up. I shaved. I blew my hair dry and then I tried to decide what to wear. What did the well-dressed master wear anyway? If I had managed to get 15 damn minutes to myself this afternoon, I'm sure I would have found some sort of website. Jeans? Too informal. Sweats? Too high school. A tux? I actually owned a tux. No, too James Bond. She'd probably just start laughing. She was probably down there laughing anyway, come to think about it. I mean, this was a successful businesswoman down there. After her divorce, Mrs. Stone had started her own interior decorating firm, and currently employed half a dozen people. She was probably waiting downstairs right now to rip me a new one unless I agreed never to breathe a word of what had happened this afternoon to anyone, ever. Damn it. I pulled on a pair of humble khaki slacks and a nice, freshly laundered button-down shirt, and I headed downstairs. When I got to the last step, I just stopped and stared. Laura hadn't heard me approach, and was sitting on the couch. She was dressed in a white shirt and a short, plaid-pleated skirt. She was wearing knee socks and a pair of shiny black patent leather shoes. I couldn't believe she had worn that outfit here. Then I saw a little tote bag in the corner of the room with a pair of jeans thrust into it. That was what she had worn here. She had changed after she arrived. Even more unbelievable was what she was doing. Her left hand was holding a magazine. I could tell right away that it wasn't one of our magazines, because it had a centerfold. And if mom ever found a magazine with a centerfold, dad and I would both be looking for work as eunuchs. Laura's right hand was underneath her cute little skirt. Her eyes were slightly unfocused as she studied the centerfold, and the tip of her tongue was pressed against her upper lip. My tentative conclusion, from all of the evidence in front of me— was that this successful businesswoman had dressed up like a little schoolgirl and was getting herself off on a Playboy magazine. Holy shit. And then suddenly she looked up as if she had heard me thrust the magazine under the couch cushions and jumped to her feet before turning to look at me. Mr. Martin, she said. I'm sorry, I didn't think you were getting home until later. Later than what? And when did I become Mr. Martin? She tried to surreptitiously wipe her hand on the back of her skirt and offered it to me as I walked into the room. I took it, still slightly sticky, and she eagerly shook my hand. I'm Laura, the new babysitter your wife hired. She smiled. Didn't she come home with you? She said she planned on getting a little tipsy to celebrate your new promotion. So what? She was afraid of Ralphin in the car. Did you just get her a room at the hotel and come back to take care of the boys? You could have just called. I would have been happy to spend the night. At this point in my life, I had never heard about role-playing, and I certainly had never given even the smallest consideration to acting out sexual fantasies. With the damage my mother had done to my psyche, I figured that I was lucky just to have the fantasies. So I was completely mystified by her references to my wife and The boys. Still, there had been a playboy involved earlier. Um, yeah. I slowly answered the last question that I could remember her asking. The boys. Oh, they're fine. She said. I put Billy to bed right after his bottle, and little Terry Jr. went to bed at his normal time. Well, almost his normal time. We had to have a little discussion first. That's a pretty advanced little ten-year-old you got there, Mr. Martin. If you know what I mean. I had no idea what she meant. So everything else was, um, okay, Laura? Oh, yeah. She smiled. I was just sitting here like doing my homework oh god speaking of homework mrs martin said you were like a history major that is just so amazingly weird cuz i got this homework question and you know like i could go home and get on the net to find out but then my mother will hear me and she'll think i'm in one of those leszy chat rooms again oh it's not like i'm like that you know a Leszy, but the girls there are just real nice you know and god they know so much anyway i didn't know how else to find out so if i could just ask you that would be so cool she looked at me expectantly while I tried to figure out which of her statements had been actual questions and which were just regular sentences that she had ended with a question mark. There were lots of girls at my school who talked just like that. In the meantime, I glanced around the room. The living room was full of books, including two different sets of encyclopedias, that my mother had purchased to make us look intellectual. Oh yeah, books. Laura saw my look. I just can't do books, you know. Too big, too old, too boring, too much extra crap in them, you know? So anyway, I know, like, George Washington was the first president, and Abraham Lincoln was the second but who was like the third? At first I thought it was that guy on the twenty Jackson. But then I was like, well, maybe it's the guy on the ten. You know, one, five, ten, twenty? But I didn't have any tens. Do you know? It wasn't Kennedy, was it? By this point, I was actually biting my tongue to keep from laughing. Um, Roosevelt. I said. Cool. She gave me a grateful smile. Let me just write that in. She walked to the corner of the living room and dropped to her knees in front of her tote bag, thrusting her butt back at me. God, where did I put that? She muttered, tossing her jeans to one side as she rummaged through the bag. Was that Franklin or Freddie? I'm sorry. I choked. There were two Roosevelt's, right? Was it Franklin or Freddie? She was still looking through the bag, and a pair of handcuffs came flying back at me as I told her it was Franklin. Oh, God. She turned to me with her hand covering her mouth. Her eyes wide with surprise. God, I'm so embarrassed you saw those. They're my mom's. She crawled toward me to pick up the handcuffs. Your mom's? I asked. Is she a policewoman? God, no. Laura giggled. She and Daddy use these when they, you know, do it? The handcuffs? Yeah. I drilled a little hole in my closet so I can watch him. Anyway, I was talking them to school to show my girlfriends, and I guess I just forgot they were in here. I'm so sorry, Mr. Martin. That's, uh, fine, Laura, I said. You should be more careful, though. Your teachers could see them. Oh, God. Her eyes grew wide again. They would like have a shit fit. Oops, I'm sorry. Except Ms. Lee, of course, she's my French teacher. She'd probably soak one of her little thongs if she saw something like this. I swear, she is such a slut. Ms. Lee? God, yes. She is such a cocktease. And she is really pretty. Although not much in the boob department, you know. She looked down with regret at her own breasts. Course, some of us got a little too much, if you know what I mean. I guess it all evens out, huh? Anyway, she would go apes-hit for these things. Do you want to see em? Maybe Mrs. Martin would like to, you know. I don't think Mrs. Martin would like to lose that much control. I said. But I took the cuffs from her anyway. Oh, well, you can get out of em. She eagerly snatched them out of my hands to demonstrate. See, you just press here, on the outside of the cuffs, at the same time, and they just pop open. So you can actually get em off yourself if you have to. Course, you're probably right. Mrs. Martin doesn't really look like the type. No. I agreed. Probably not. Although she apparently has no trouble being on the other end, huh? I mean, spanking little Terry. She clapped both hands over her mouth this time, as if she had said a little too much. And by this time, I was getting a little more comfortable in our little improv. How do you know that, Laura? I am um, I. She let her voice trail off. I can find out, Laura. Mrs. Martin had this little security camera system installed. Oh, God, please, no. She said. He was just, you know, acting up, so I, you know, spanked him. It was pretty clear he knew the drill. I mean, pulling his pants down for me and everything. So you spanked my son? It's not like he hasn't been spanked before. She protested. By my wife. I pointed out. Did she give you permission to spank him? No. She hung her head. Then, um, why did you do it? I, um, God, I'm so embarrassed, Mr. Martin. Please don't make me say. You have to tell me, Laura. Otherwise, I'll have to tell Mrs. Martin, and then she'll end up showing this video to your parents. Oh, God, no, please, please. She wrapped her arms around my knees. Couldn't you just, like, punish me yourself, and then we could just, like, you know, forget the rest? And how should I punish you, Laura? I asked with a smile. You could, like, spank me? She slowly offered her suggestion. You might like being spanked. I said. In fact, I think you do like being spanked. Do any of your boyfriends spank you, Laura? God, they're such babies. Little babies, you know? I mean God. Terry Jr.'s bigger than God, I'm sorry. Come here, sweetheart. I said. I backed up and took a seat on the couch. She started to get up. Stay down, honey. I instructed her. She began crawling towards me. And bring the cuffs with you. She crawled back for the cuffs and started to return. Feigning difficulty crawling, she put the cuffs in her mouth and finished the journey, dropping them into my outstretched hand. She remained kneeling between my legs. Take off your shirt, Laura. She sat back on her heels and made a production of unbuttoning her shirt, interrupting her progress every other button with a fearful glance at me. She tossed the shirt aside and reached put both hands behind her back. Did I tell you to take off the bra, Laura? No, sir. She yelped. She jerked her hands back in front. Did I tell you to move your hands? She quickly put them in back again. I picked up the cuffs and pressed the catches. Laura bowed in front of me, and I cuffed both hands behind her back. Standing up, I yanked her to her feet and pushed her towards the stairs. Hold on. I commanded when she was halfway up. From the step beneath her, I reached up under her skirt. She had ditched her panties as well. Good girl, Laura. Thank you, sir. She whispered. I escorted her into my bedroom and stopped just short of the bed. Wow. Is this where you and Mrs. Martin? Where Mrs. Martin and I what, Laura? Fuck? She whispered. Mrs. Martin fucks with me all the time in this room. I answered honestly, suppressing a smile. And this is where I'm going to fuck you, Laura. Get on the bed. She crawled onto the bed with some difficulty and finally arranged herself against the headboard. Her legs spread. Turning my back on her, I kicked my shoes into the closet. My socks quickly joined them. I took off my shirt and hung it up. I took off my pants and hung them up, too. Finally, I turned around and slipped my fingers into the waistband of my briefs. Laura's eyes were locked on my crotch as I nonchalantly exposed it. Oh, fuck, I can't. She hissed. Can't what, Laura? I asked. Can't possibly fit that inside me. She snapped her legs together her face taking on an aspect of panic, her voice starting to tremble. God, you're fucking enormous, Mr. Martin. I think you can handle it, Laura, I said. Um, I don't think so. She started to slide toward the left-hand side of the bed as I approached the right. No! I reached forward and grabbed the handcuffs, jerking her back into the middle of the bed. Her loose, pleated skirt had flown up over her rear, and she buried her head into my bedspread and scrambled to pull her knees underneath her. Please be gentle, Mr. Martin, she whispered. I clicked open the handcuffs again. Put your hands between your legs, Laura. I cuffed her wrists again. You were playing with yourself earlier tonight, weren't you, Laura? Mr. Martin. She whined, tugging just a little at the cuffs I held in one hand. Stop squirming, Laura. I gave her a sweat with my other hand. Sorry. She whimpered. Wait here, Laura. I went downstairs and fetched her magazine from underneath the cushions of the couch. When I returned, Laura was in exactly the same position I had left her. I got up behind her again and opened the centerfold in front of her. Do you like her, Laura? Her body twitched but she just stared at the centerfold. Oh. It was more a cry of surprise than of pain. My little sweat hadn't been hard enough to hurt, just to bring her attention back to me. Laura? Yes, I like her. Yes, I was playing with myself. Please, Mr. Martin, this is so humiliating. Is it? More humiliating than it was for Terry Jr. to have to pull his pants down in front of you so you could take a good look at him? Oh. Well, you little bitch? Oh. I didn't mean to. He just turned around when he was pulling them back up. I never touched him, I swear. Oh. Like I give a fuck, you little slut. Now let's see you play with yourself some more. Come on, isn't she pretty? Imagine having her do this. I drew a finger up her exposed slit. Laura moaned. Or imagine a nice big dick in here. I added, pushing two fingers inside of her. Yes. Laura whispered. I don't care what you imagine, honey. I leaned down to whisper in her ear. But you better start doing it. I pulled back and pulled her cuffed hands between her thighs. Her fingers quickly replaced mine, and I sat back on my thighs to watch this beautiful lady pleasuring herself for the second, no, the third, time that day. God, was it really still the same day? Eight hours ago I had showed up at Mrs. Stone's house hoping for a payday of thirty bucks or so. Now here she was at my house. She could keep the thirty dollars. Um, she moaned, driving two fingers in and out of herself. Oh, she dropped her hands to the bed when I spanked her, and I lifted them again. Did I tell you to stop? No, but you. Punished you? Yes, sir. Should I add an extra punishment for stopping? No, sir, I promise, I'll be good. Her hands were working furiously again and when I delivered the next smack on her upturned cheeks, she didn't break stride once. If anything, she started to expect it, and to incorporate it into her little self-service session. So I changed the tempo, waiting a little longer to deliver the next one, and then adding two short swats in quick succession. It didn't take her long to reclaim the state, just on the precipice of satisfaction, that I had left her in when my mother had cut us off a few hours earlier. Oh, fuck, Terry, I'm coming. Oh, God, I'm dashed, stop. Terry. She whined. I yanked her hands down, watching the way her whole body quivered. Whether in expectation of another blow or because I had denied her fulfillment I couldn't tell. I knelt behind her, determined to finally bring that deferment to an end. Hands behind your neck, honey. I ordered. She obeyed immediately. Oh, fuck, Terry. She moaned as I thrust forward. I pulled back. Terry? She wiggled her butt at me. Terry? I asked coldly. Oh. I'm sorry, Mr. Martin. Please, Mr. Martin, oh yes. After a minute or so, Laura decided that it was too hard to remember to say. Mr. Martin. On each stroke forward and simply settled on. Sir? After another minute, it became. Oh, sir. And then. Fuck, sir. And then she dropped the sir, entirely, and just groaned the word fuck, every time I buried myself deep inside her. And then, finally, I picked up the pace to the point that she could only manage to grunt. I didn't last long, of course. After our afternoon foreplay, I was probably even more eager than she was. But I did last long enough to hear her muffled scream of. Yes. As her muscles contracted around me, which was certainly more than enough to cause me to lose it inside her. I added a few groans of my own as I passed through an extraordinarily extended version of that delicious sensation that occurs just before ejaculation, and then I held her hips in place until I was completely drained. I reached forward and realized suddenly that this woman had actually tired me out. Me, a high school athlete. And her, my mother's 39-year-old college roommate. I grabbed hold of her brass strap and yanked her upright. She waited as I opened the cuffs, and briefly rubbed her wrists before turning back to me with a big smile. You know, I have to tell you that you were even better than I thought you would be. She smiled at me. Well, then I have to tell you that the whole thing fell a little short of what I had always imagined. I told her. I watched her face fall. In a few seconds, her chin would start to quiver, and then a small tear would appear in the corner of one of her eyes. She would take a deep breath, and tell herself that she couldn't expect any more than that, and then she would smile at me and say that she hoped I had enjoyed it a little, at any rate. Yeah. I said before she had a chance to start. If you had told me that I would fulfill my dream of doing Laura Stone without ever having had a chance to enjoy those amazing tits, I would have found that very, very difficult to believe. A whole range of emotions played across her face, the disappointment ultimately being replaced by an almost childlike delight. Snot! She grinned at me. She reached around behind her back and found the catch of her brow. Bringing her hands back in front of her, she held the cups over her breasts and gave me a surprisingly shy, but nonetheless eager. Look, so you've dreamed about these? She asked. They're awfully big. I laughed. I don't think I've heard the expression awfully big applied in that context. I smiled. I think they're perfect. You do remember I saw them this afternoon, don't you? When you were squeezing that one there as you played with yourself? She flushed a bright red, but she offered no resistance when I reached forward and slowly pulled the bra out of her hands and away from her chest. God, I can't believe this. She gasped after I had pushed her back onto the pillows behind her, and I had fastened my lips around her left nipple. Shut up, Laura. I took them off long enough to give her that order. Yes, sir. She smiled. It was a soft, sublime substitute for actual sex, but after I had learned my way around her breasts, and after she had performed a similar examination of my cock, we both knew what was going to happen next. Ready? I asked her. She smiled and nodded, and crossed her hands in front of her. Behind, you little slut. I said. She eagerly complied, and when she was ready, I flipped her onto her back, her hands cuffed beneath her, and sat between her spread legs. I gave her a light slap with the back of my hand, right between her thighs. Oh. What do you want to do now, Laura? She gave me a coy look and kept her mouth shut. I slapped her again, and got another. Oh. She smiled at me. We played a few more rounds, and finally she had had enough. Fuck me. She whispered. Ow. Oh, I said fuck me. She whined after I had slapped her again. And you think that's good enough? I asked with another slap. Ow. Oh, Terry. You think your little silent act doesn't merit some punishment all by itself? I let my voice get harsher and slapped her one more time. Ow. Oh, Jesus, Terry. Please now, honey, please. I spread her thighs just a little bit more and slid inside of her. Her eyes rolled upward into her head and she locked her legs around me. Using one hand to steady us on the bed there were still a lot of mechanical aspects of this whole thing that I needed to work out I reached forward with the other and began to knead one of her wonderful breasts. Harder. She hissed after a few minutes of fucking. She had said that this afternoon, and I wasn't really sure what she meant by it. Faster would have been pretty obvious, but... Harder? Did she mean deeper? I can't go any deeper, lady. It's not like a TV antenna. Harder, you little fucker, harder. I started slamming my pubic mound against hers. My tit, you bastard. She gasped. Pinch my old fuck. Her body started shaking and her legs stiffened around my waist. Her arms strained against the cuffs, revealing her well-muscled biceps. Terry! She screamed. I hadn't come, but she looked exhausted. Pleasantly exhausted, to be sure, but exhausted nonetheless. I pulled out and lay on the bed, pulling her head onto my shoulder and cradling her in my right arm. I left the cuffs on, of course, and after another half hour or so I reached down to grab them. Terry! She awoke from her little nap. Slut! I hissed. Did you come that time? Yes, master. She smiled. Did I? Her smile vanished. I'm sorry, master. She pleaded. Please let me do it again. I didn't realize. I guess not. I chuckled. I pulled her onto her knees once more and got behind her. For a while, I just enjoyed the view, Laura Stone on her knees in front of me with her hands cuffed behind her back, her hair sweated and disheveled on the pillow. It was, I smiled to myself, a pillow that had never come close to producing a dream as good as real life was turning out to be, and right in front of me, of course, was that magnificent ass. I reached down and slowly traced my middle finger down the crack, pausing briefly when I reached her crinkled hole. Terry, no. She was suddenly wide awake, her head turned to the side, her eyes wide with alarm. You can't. I didn't like being told I couldn't do something. My mother had told me that too many times, sometimes right here in this very room. But I had no idea what I was being told I couldn't do. I froze. Maybe she'd give me a hint. Terry, my ex-husband only put it in there once. She said with as much sternness as a handcuffed woman could muster. And he wasn't anywhere near as big as you. Put it in. Oh my god, oh my god! Did this woman really just tell me that her ex-husband had fucked her in her well, her butt? Was she serious? I grabbed the handcuffs and pulled her back toward me until her ass was just in front of my very stiff cock. Oh god, Terry! She groaned. At least get some lube. Some what? Lube. She panted. I know your mother's got lube somewhere. Lube? Did she mean like grease? By this point, of course, I was unwilling to ask, and I was certainly unwilling to borrow some sex aid my mother might have somewhere. You want this lube, bitch? I asked her. Is that what you want? Please. Laura begged me. I got some lube right here. I said, reaching down to push the head of my dick a little lower, until it lined up with her slit. I pushed forward and gave her ass a slap. Now come, bitch. Oh, fuck. She screamed, writhing beneath me once again. I could actually feel myself getting wetter as she climaxed, and after a few more seconds I pulled out and returned my dick to its earlier location. I shoved it into her, and she screamed again, not in pain but in the same tone she had used when her climax first started. God, it was tight, and I found myself spraying in less than ten seconds. I pulled out, and this time opened the cuffs. Laura instantly turned on me, jumping up to her knees. God damn it, you fucker, if you ever do that again, I'll... I'll... You'll what? I laughed at her. I'll bring some real lube. She smiled. If you'd gone a couple more seconds, it could have gotten real painful for both of us. I don't think we have to do it again. I said. It was more of an experiment. She smiled and lay back down on the pillow. Some experiments need to be repeated in order to ensure you got the proper results. She purred, stretching her arms toward me. Now give me a half hour of hugging, and then I have to go. Don't want to run into mom? I snuggled into her. Looking and smelling like this? She giggled. Good point, I said. I wish you could come over tomorrow and finish the lawn. She reached down to toy with my limp cock. I have a bush that needs a lot of attention. I'll be over Saturday, little girl. I said, tracing my finger around her nipple. You'll just have to be patient. Fuck patient she pouted. That'll be fun. I agreed. You can be the nurse and I'll be the fuck patient. I could see the wheels starting to turn in her head already. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Chapter 6 The Accidental Blackmailer Part 3 As I cycled to the school late on Sunday morning, I was starting to have doubts about whether I was going to be able to survive this entire weekend. Laura had left at 11 last night, and I had finished tidying up and airing out the room just before my parents breezed back into the house. In fact— I had only spotted Laura's handcuffs underneath the bed less than twenty seconds before my mother showed up at the door to my bedroom. Laura had obviously forgotten them in her departure. In any event, I had quickly stuffed them in my book bag. I could cycle by her house on my way home from school and drop them off. The only potential problem with that plan was that Laura might want to make it hard for me to leave dot, or just make it hard, period. After my upcoming meeting with Pam Lee, I wasn't sure whether anything, even Laura Stone, would be able to make it hard that quickly. Pam was waiting for me outside the school, nervously switching her weight from one foot to the other. A cold front had come through overnight, the first real sign of fall. She was looking the other way when I approached, studying the other cars in the parking lot. I had a nice, long look at her black, leather motorcycle jacket and skin-tight jeans. She finally turned as I coasted toward the bike rack. It's about time. She hissed. I gave her a sideways look as I locked the bike to the rack. Phone call for you, Ms. Lee. I pulled my cell phone out of my pocket and tossed it to her. She opened it with a quizzical expression on her face, and then shut it just as quickly as a deep flush spread over her dark complexion. It was a full, uncropped picture this time. She was reclining on a sofa, naked of course, her legs spread but with her hand between them. She had an eager expression on her face that clearly evidenced her desire for something. It wasn't the best picture of her, college spread, spread, but it was my favorite caption. Maybe we can come to some sort of arrangement. A little tit for tat? Or how about a little tit for a nice, big that? The phone screen wasn't big enough to let her read it, and I'm sure she didn't remember what it said. But I would be happy to remind her. She followed me, silently, into the school only speaking once we got closer to the computer science room. Are you sure you can do this, Terry? I found her tone annoying, the way she emphasized the word. You. Well, gosh, let's hope so, Ms. Lee. I smiled. Cause if I can't, I'm gonna have to start sharing you with assholes like Tony Carboneau and Mikey Portman, the guys who flunked shop last year. Or little Joey Turner, you know, the kid with the big glasses who hands out the water at the football team's timeouts. I bet all three of those guys are surfing the net, looking for porn every day. I'm sorry, Terry. I'm just nervous. She confessed as we reached the computer science room. I had to steal the key to this place from Mrs. Carson's desk and the old battle axe could come in any minute. On a Sunday? What else has she got to do? Evidently Ms. Lee shared the student body's opinion of our principal's secretary-slash-gatekeeper-slash-guard dog. She was really more like one of those bridge trolls because there were times when she would let you pass. We just had no idea when those would be. Pam unlocked the door, and I located one of the newer, faster computers and sat down to get to work. I was going to be there a little while, setting my program up, testing it, actually running it, and then removing it from the computer without leaving any footprints. Pam, on the other hand, was going to leave a very definite set of footprints. She spent the first 15 minutes pacing from one side of the room to the other. At first, she would glance over my shoulder when she passed, but after she realized that what was on the screen was as incomprehensible to her as, say, French is to some other people, she went back to straight pacing. Didn't you bring a book or something? I asked, trying without success to hide my annoyance. I thought it would only take like 15 minutes. She explained. It's gonna take even longer if I have to listen to you walking around like that. I'm sorry. She said as she pulled out a seat. She just as suddenly got up and announced she was going down to the teacher's lounge. She returned in 15 minutes with a magazine and took a seat behind me. That lasted maybe another 15 minutes, until she started drumming her fingers on the desk. You're not helping. I said as sweetly as I could. Well, what do you want me to do? I turned and gave her a big smile. Don't you have an office? A room of your own? Shouldn't you be there, getting ready to show me how grateful you are? Here? She squeaked. At school? Here. I nodded. At school? But there are other people. She started to protest. Who could come in at any minute and see me using the school's computer for something highly unethical and possibly illegal? I interrupted her. I watched her think about it a minute, and then she smiled. Okay. She chirped. Now go. I said over my shoulder as I turned back. Put the key back in Mrs. Carson's desk. I'll lock the door when I'm done, and then I'll meet you. Room 218. Oh, and here, take my bag. It took me another half an hour. But by the time I was finished, I was satisfied that the only inappropriate pictures that a Google search for, Pam Lee, would turn up would be the blonde former playmate and home video star. I was also satisfied that there was no way anyone would know that I had been here today. Slipping the disc into my pocket, I pulled the locked door shut behind me and headed upstairs. I peered into her darkened room through the window and the door to her room on the language arts hallway. Pam? I said softly as I pushed open the unlocked door. Ms. Lee? She had clearly been there. Her leather jacket was draped over the back of her chair. Maybe she had to visit the ladies' room. After about five minutes I was starting to get worried. I went back into the hallway, and when I pulled the door closed behind me, I realized my mistake. This was room 221. I had a very distinct recollection of telling her that I would meet her in room 218. But I also remember telling her she should be in her office. Getting ready? Well, where the hell was room 218? I walked down the hall. Room 222, across the hall, was Mrs. Valentine's room. Room 220 was Ms. Nelson's room. Room 219 was Miss Sanchez's room. There was the little boy's room. Room 217 was Mr. Story's room. Oh, shit. I walked back to the boys' room, still not quite believing that the school administration had actually assigned it a number. Other than Freddie Richardson, who had cornered all the drug dealing at the school, who needed to identify a specific bathroom? But there it was in small numerals, 218. I hesitantly pushed the door open and saw my bag beneath the two sinks. Madam? I said quietly. Fuck, Terry. She hissed. What the fucking hell were you doing? She came out of one of the stalls, wearing nothing but the tiniest of thongs. Damned if Laura Stone hadn't pegged that. I, uh, I thought you were going to be in your office. I stammered. No, I'm here in fucking room 218 where you fucking told me to be. How do I get these fucking things off? I had actually been so surprised to find her in the boys' room, wearing a thong and nothing else, that I hadn't noticed that her wrists were handcuffed together. How did you get them on? I was desperately trying not to laugh. I opened up your book bag to put my clothes in to get ready, like you, um, requested. She gave me a snippy smile. And these things just fell out. And opened up. I saw the catches on them and I figured they'd be really easy to get off but they're fucking not. Actually, they fucking are. I said, pushing myself off the door and walking toward her. You have to press them at the same time. She tried to twist her wrists around to press the two catches simultaneously, but by that point I was already across the room. I grabbed hold of the little chain between the two cuffs in one hand and backed her up against the wall. Terry. She murmured, squirming helplessly as she felt my other hand exploring her body, caressing her stomach, squeezing her breasts, tickling her thigh, and then finally diving inside her thong. Terry, yes. I pushed her hands down behind her head and lowered my mouth to her chest. I would like to think that just the touch of my lips on her nipple sent a shiver through her body. On the other hand, the fingers of my right hand could have accounted for that, too. My index and ring fingers were gently squeezing her labia lips together, while my middle finger slowly stroked the inner lips that pressed through. Oh, God, baby. She whispered, as I pulled back to look at the wet, hard nipple of her left breast. I stood up again and raised her arms over her head, this time turning her around. I gently pushed her forward to the wall, flattening her breasts against the cold tile. I slipped my hand under her thong again noticing how much of her nice little asset left exposed. I held her in place and slid my fingers down between the two round cheeks until I could once again touch her wetness. I slowly pushed my middle finger inside her, and then let go of the cuffs to free my other hand to work her thong down her legs. I pocketed the thin cloth and reached up for her cuffs again. It was at that point that we both became aware of somebody whistling in the hallway. The parking lot had had very few cars when I arrived, and there was nothing scheduled at school that day, so the odds of somebody walking all the way up to the language arts hallway to use the boys' room were infinitesimal. Even so, they were probably higher than the odds that a high school senior would have been in that same boy's room with his naked French teacher. And they were probably higher than the odds of any of the er incidents that seemed to plague my life. Like the time that the woman with the baby stroller knocked me off the bridge and into the lake in Prospect Park. So the whistling was good enough for me. I hustled us into a stall and locked the door. I quickly pushed my pants to my ankles and took a seat. Pam climbed atop me, standing on my thighs and leaning back against the door. At my suggestion, she looped her handcuffs over the clothes hook on the inside of the door to help support her and keep her motionless. The whistling stopped when the mystery whistler pushed open the door, probably about the time that he saw my book bag and realized that he wasn't the room's only occupant. Bonjour? He asked in a hideous French accent that made the word sound more like Conjure. Ca est la? I looked up to see Pam rolling her eyes. I cleared my throat. Why are you speaking French, man? Sorry. He laughed as he unzipped himself. Who's that? Terry Martin. I said. Martin. He acknowledged me cheerfully. Pam and I listened as he started to relieve himself. Chris Cannon. Chris Cannon was one of the football players in my French class. Yeah. He spoke up again. That bitch has me trained, buddy. Every time I get anywhere near the Pleasure Palace, I start thinking up French conversation in case I meet her in the hall. I saw her little tranny in the parking lot, so she must be around somewhere. I couldn't help but ask the question that both Pam and I were thinking. The Pleasure Palace? Pammy's Pleasure Palace. He laughed. I didn't think you were having that good a time in French. I said. Hell no. Except for the scenery. That place is the closest thing this school has to hell, dude. Nah, that's Jack Cranston's name for it. You know those go-go girls that Pammy's got? No, I said, although Pam's glower told me that she had a pretty good idea what he was talking about. You know, she's got those chicks running all over, doing her errands? Go for coffee, go for supplies. We call them Pam's go-go girls. Anyway, one day Trish Mason discovers that Pammy's forgotten to lock the bottom drawer of her desk and she finds this vibrator engraved with the initials PPP. Pam's whole body, of which I had a very good view, was turning beet red. So after we finish with the jokes about pounding Pam's pubes and pleasing Pammy's pussy, Jack invents this whole shit about Pammy's pleasure palace. He's got this hysterical video of her just walking around the school where he starts narrating about her real career as a hooker who's fucking everybody she talks to. He just finished it last week. You know, dude, I think you're in it. He got this clip of her walking down the hall, and Jack's like, that's right, Pammy is happy to meet the demands of faculty, staff, and students. Here she is talking to Principal Harper, reminding him about his 2.30 blowjob appointment. Next it's Ms. Marianne Nelson, who's gonna get a nice piece of pie to munch on at 3. And finally, star swimmer Terry Martin, scheduled to have his big pipe organ cleaned at 3.30. Jack's girlfriend Sherry's like, what do you mean big pipe organ? You may be getting some action soon, dude. She's got some nice looking friends. Uh, thanks. I said. You bet. He laughed. Pam was glowering once again. Chris was done now, of course, and had moved over near the sinks. I doubted he had any intention of using one, but that was where he was standing. So what are you doing here, dude? He asked. Um, actually stuff from his Lee." I said, watching Pam's eyebrows widen in surprise. She wants to try some software feedback stuff for class, and my mom she's friends with my mom suggested she asked me to help. Shit man, I knew she was here somewhere. You ain't gonna tell her about the palace, are you? Not a word. I said. Nothing leaves this room, Chris. Thank dude, I'll get Jack to burn you a disc. So you mean Pammy's like been to your house? Yeah, a couple of times last summer. I nodded. So like, what was she wearing? I bet you got some awesome views, huh? No. I was grinning broadly as I looked at Pam perched on my thighs, her legs spread in front of me. Pretty much the same as at school, in fact. She stuck her tongue out at me. Bummer. Chris said. Well, I better go. Coach is gonna be looking for me. You had Sunday practice? I asked. Nah, it's this community service shit. I've been scrubbing off graffiti. I just came up here to make a final check? Oh, yeah? The graduation requirement. I nodded. I had already completed mine. Shit, no. He said. They caught me painting it. So they're making me clean it off. I smiled and looked up at Pam. She was angrily mouthing the words shut up to me. I smiled and mouthed back. Bite me. See ya dude. Chris laughed. We heard the door bang open and then close behind him. What the fuck were you doing? Pam hissed. Just chatting with the man. I smiled. Guess we better head back to the palace, huh? She blushed again as she got off me and I pulled up my pants. I quickly uncuffed her and headed for the door. Can I have my thumb back, please? she whispered. Later, I said. Let me make sure everyone's gone first. Leaving her there, I picked up my bag and walked down to the window at the end of the hall, which had a nice view of the parking lot. I waited five minutes while the coach and a couple of other fuck-ups got into the only other cars in the lot, finally leaving Pam's trans AM all alone. I walked back to the bathroom and pushed open the door. Let's go. I yelled in. Give me my clothes. She yelled back. I'll be at the palace. There's nobody else in the school right now, but I can't guarantee they won't arrive later, you know. I was sitting at her desk when she finally slipped into the room. She had left her keys in her pants, of course, and her pants were in my book bag with all her other clothes. So I had taken the liberty of unlocking her desk drawer. She glared at me as I pretended to inspect the vibrator. God damn you, Terry! She said, standing there with her legs spread and her hands on her hips. She looked absolutely nothing like the authority figure she would have been if she had given me that look two weeks ago. Of course, she would have been clothed two weeks ago. So, which is it? I asked, looking at the pink initials on the vibrator's face. The pounding one or the pleasing one? Terry, give me that. She advanced on me sternly with her left hand out. I intend to, I said, holding it out of her reach. That stopped her short just as she reached the corner of the desk. Her outstretched hand dropped to rest on the desk, and her other hand appeared to clutch at her thigh. I smiled as I watched her rising and falling chest attest to the increased rapidity of her breathing. You like that idea, don't you? I asked her. I, um, she stammered. I flicked it on, and the effect was astonishing. Not on the vibrator, of course. The vibrator just buzzed a little in my hand. But Pam's knees almost buckled. The muscles of her left arm tightened as she sagged against the desk. Terry, she whimpered. I turned it off again. Ms. Lee? Terry, oh, fuck. You little bastard, she said when I turned it off again. This was not only incredibly surprising, it was also a lot of fun. Not to mention incredibly erotic. I mean, God, this woman was getting off on the sound alone. Evidently she had been doing a lot of practicing. I held it up in front of me again. Well? I asked. The initials? They're mine. She sighed. Pamela Piper posts. Post is my maiden name. So you have a monogram vibrator? Yes. A gift, I assume. Her silence was answer enough. From? I prompted her. She bit her lip. Do you remember the caption of that picture on my phone? An arrangement? A little tit for tat? Or I can just turn this on again. Kind of like that Pavlov guy, you know? Bastard. It was Marianne Nelson. Ms. Nelson gave you a vibrator? Seriously? Could this get any better? But you were married when you started teaching here. I pointed out as I scratched my chin. So the only reason she would use your maiden name is if... I was a student here. Class of 1994. She was my French teacher. Are you happy now, you little Terry? So I guess you must have been one of her go-go girls. I turned it off again. Or more likely one of her cum-cum girls, huh? So this part obviously goes in there. I nodded toward her pubic mound. And this little guy does what? I flicked the smaller extension with my finger and looked over to see Pam Redden once again. Ms. Lee? Stimulates my... She trailed off. Your? My clit, you bastard. Well, gosh, you know I'm sorry our zucchini didn't have one of these last week for you. On the other hand, you did seem to like him anyway, didn't you? Terry. She whined. The hand that had been on her thigh was slipping around to her front. Before you play with yourself. I stopped her. I think Mr. Vibrator deserves what Mr. Zucchini got, don't you? I held it in my lap, and after the tiniest of delays she bent at the waist and began to blow. Me. The clit stimulator poked her in the jaw on her first trip down, so I turned it to one side. On her next trip down, I turned it on, and I swear she came right then and there. She grabbed at my pants with both hands, and her body trembled as she moaned and did her best to breathe through her nose. Finally, she pulled herself off with a loud gasp. I grabbed hold of her hair and held her in place as I slipped out of the chair. You stay right there. I smiled. I'm just gonna lock the door and lower the blind on this window. Oh, God. Her head started to come up. I pushed it back down. Stay, I said again. Don't make me handcuff you to the desk, Pammy. She was there when I returned, her hands resting on her chair, her ass still pointed toward the door her long legs still slightly spread. I pulled off my own clothes and moved to stand directly behind her. I guess now that Mr. Vibrator's had his blowjob, I suppose you're going to want to fuck him. I'd rather fuck somebody else, she said softly, wiggling her ass at me. I don't know, I said. Mr. Somebody Else hasn't had his blowjob yet. I think we should finish taking care of Mr. Vibrator first. I slowly pushed it inside, listening to Pam moan. I pulled it almost all the way out and pushed it in again. I pulled it completely out, watching how her ass followed it ever so briefly before accepting that it was finally gone. And then I gave her something else. It actually felt pretty good to know that I was longer and thicker than her vibrator. Terry! She squawked, pushing herself erect as she leaned on the desk. Yeah, Mr. Somebody Else decided to do without his blowjob for the moment. Here. I put the vibrator on the desk in front of her and got down to business. Knock yourself out, lady. She groaned as I started fucking her in earnest, but she wasn't so far gone that she didn't pick up the little guy, flick the switch, and reach down to touch him to her clit. I could feel the vibrations as I stroked her, an unusually pleasant sensation that had me on the verge of climaxing within less than a minute. Fortunately, Pam herself was on the verge of climaxing, and as soon as she felt me start to shoot deep inside of her, she dropped the vibrator on the desk and simply spread herself forward as she started to shake. Oh god, Terry. Oh god. uh uh-huh. That's right, my little vibrator pal, let's see you do that to her. We remained in place for another minute or so, both of us enjoying the delightful little aftershocks that Pam suffered from after sex. Finally, I pulled out and reclaimed my seat. Now it's my turn. I smiled. She still hadn't moved yet, so she just looked back at me over her shoulder. One more. She whispered. She closed her eyes one last time and shuddered again. Oh, yes. Now it's your turn. She dropped to her knees in front of me. Oh, boy, is it your turn. I can't believe how turned on I am by this, Terry. She was talking now in between long licks of my shaft. Your big cock, the school, the handcuffs, even that fucking little Chris Cannon. Actually, he is kinda little. I nodded. I've seen him in the locker room so's jack for that matter maybe sherry herself will pay me a visit you don't need sherry she smiled at me true i said i have you and laura i thought and when i'm nice and hard again we're gonna get dressed i told her her face fell and then we're gonna check the parking lot and if there's nobody in it i'm going to take you down to the teacher's lounge and handcuff you to the big old couch that's supposed to be in there pam smiled at me and pulled her mouth off my cock one last time you mean the couch where marianne and i 69 two weeks ago during the football game She teased me before returning to her task. That was enough. I was ready. Apparently I was just another potential subject for one of Mr. Pavlov's experiments. Chapter 7 The Accidental Casanova With the last two weekends under my belt, I was actually quite disappointed with the way that this one was starting out. My plan to visit Laura and trim her bushes was scotched when her son announced that he was coming home from college for the weekend. My backup plan fell through, too, when Pam informed me that she and Marianne Nelson had a day of shopping planned. She laughed at my invitation to bring Marianne. A vibrator was apparently as close to a naked man as Ms. Nelson was willing to get. Quell damage, as we say in Francais. It was a particular damage since Pam and I hadn't been able to finish our little schooling session. There was another car in the parking lot when I went to look, and it turned out to belong to Mrs. Carson, the ogre who worked in the office that was right next to the faculty lounge. After we learned that, we decided to just call it quits for the afternoon, because I knew that my mother would be calling Pam soon to find out where I was, and Pam's house would be the first place she would start looking. To top it off, Laura wasn't even home when I stopped by to drop her handcuffs off, so I left them in the garage, and left a message for her on her answering machine. And it was even more of a damage because I had the house all to myself for the whole fucking weekend, and for the rest of the week as well for that matter. Dad was upstate, preparing for some big trial. Mom had left on Saturday morning to attend a week-long district attorney seminar. It didn't officially start until Monday, but she wanted to get there early to network and to polish the talk she had to give. A paradigm for pedophile prosecutions. She was very excited by it. I decided to wait until it came out on DVD. By noon on Saturday, without any of my playmates available, I had cleaned the house and finished the laundry. This weekend's college football games were unusually boring, and by two o'clock, I was fast asleep in front of the television in the den. The first thing that penetrated my consciousness was sound. It wasn't enough to wake me, but I was able to piece together later the sounds of the sliding door to the patio being pulled open and slammed shut, and of a voice muttering, Old and saggy, Old and saggy. I'll show her fucking old and saggy." It was at that point that I open blinked open my eyes filling my brain with the vision of Natalie Winston as she stepped in front of the television and yanked open her shirt to reveal a floral bra whose lacy half cups were nearly filled to overflowing. Do these look old and saggy to you? She demanded. Oh shit, Terry! Oh god, I thought your mother was here all alone this weekend. She yanked the sides of her shirt across her chest, but by that time I'd already shattered the American and world records for going from zero to sixty in the human male reproductive system. I was, you might say, full of myself. Uh, no. I finally found my voice. She went to a conference. I'm the one who's alone this weekend. Um, sorry. You're sorry? She uttered a slightly hysterical laugh. God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, shit, I popped the buttons. Did you see where they went? Was she serious? Did she actually think that I was going to spend any precious seconds looking around for buttons while she dropped to her hands and knees on the floor? If anything, this angle was even better. Her shoulder-length auburn hair was nowhere near long enough to interfere with my view of those nice, plump breasts hanging beneath her, breasts whose tips were just barely covered by fabric. Finally, she realized that I wasn't being much of a help on the button front, and looked up at me to see what I was doing instead. Oh, God! She sank back to a seated position and covered her face with her hands. What next? I was tempted to stare at the gorgeous legs extending from the hem of her short, denim skirt, but she was sobbing, and I instinctively dropped down beside her and took her into my arms. It's okay, I said, pulling her into my chest. It's okay. It's not okay, she sniffled. My hus, huss husband just ran off with some little slut from one of his classes and she-she-she said that he probably wanted AA-. dash The answer is no. I interrupted her. The what? She asked in a quiet voice. The answer to your first question. I said, with more confidence than I felt. I swallowed hard and continued, mindful that if I screwed this up I could get slapped back into next week. They're not old, and they're not saggy. They're wonderful. They're exquisite. They're absolutely perfect. She shyly lifted up her face to look into my eyes, and finally managed a little smile. Yeah, and how many have you seen? She teased me. You'd be surprised. I said in all honesty. Your husband is an ass, and his girlfriend is a whore who'll dump him as soon as she gets her final grade. Now, how about I get you a sweatshirt and a cup of tea, and you tell your neighbor what happened? Ten minutes later, her with a cup of tea and me with a new pair of shorts, we were sitting together on the couch. She haltingly told me about catching her husband and his student the night before, and how the little slut had unerringly zeroed in on the single body part that Natalie was most sensitive about. So I'm sorry, I interrupted her. But in the interest of being open and honest here, are you serious? About what? About thinking that you're, that you're... Boobs. She giggled. All right, that your boobs are anything less than perfect? I mean, what, you don't have any mirrors in your house? She giggled again. Well, they used to be perkier, you know, like her her hers, and Tad used to like to tutu. I saw her through the next crying session, having armed myself while I was upstairs with a box of Kleenex. So where was I? She finally asked after one last honk of the horn. I think you were about to confirm my already low opinion of your husband by telling me that he didn't like to play with your, um... Boobs. She said again. Don't you like that word? I, uh, sure. I nodded stupidly. But they're yours, so I didn't want to, um, insult me by calling them hooters or jugs. Exactly. Don't worry, honey. I've heard much worse. For an English professor, Tad can be surprisingly crude. Okay. So he won't play with your boobs. He's an idiot. You're very sweet, Terry. Thanks for letting me vent like this. No problem. You know they say that men reach their sexual peak at age 20. She shook her head. And in his case it's been a long, quick fall from there during the last ten years. Seriously? I asked. I've only got two more years. That's right, sweetie. She giggled. Better get out there and start putting it to use before it falls off. Really? Shit. Oh, it's just a lot of crap. Natalie laughed before suddenly looking down at her lap. But I tell you it sure feels like it's true. So when's a woman's? She tilted her head to give me a look sideways look. Thirty. She said slyly. So you're, um... I trailed off again. Something I'd done a lot of this afternoon. Two years short, just like you, she said. Sorry, whenever I have a good cry, I always end up a little. Well, anyway, tell me about it. She took another sip of tea. About what? Your love life. She giggled. All the teenage girls you've been boinking. Actually, that would be a grand total of, um, none. You're a virgin? She yelped in surprise. Oh, I'm sorry, Terry. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great when people wait. It's just... Okay, first of all, no, I'm not a virgin. And it's just what? Well, it was just hard to imagine a guy as cute as you was still a virgin. She batted her eyes at me. See, aren't I terrible? I told you a good cry makes me horny. Well, she had started to tell me that, but she had stopped before she ever got to the horny part. I would have remembered that. I did remember the videotape, when Natalie had said I was cute. No, wait, that was Laura. But hell, if Natalie thought I was cute, too, I could live with that. So how many older women, then? She interrupted my reverie. Two. I blurted out, ever the soul of discretion. Two. She raised an eyebrow. College girls? The best way to end this discussion at this point would have been with a... Yeah, college girls. An answer that would have been both impressive and believable. Unlike, for example, my answer. Uh, no, a little older. Get out. I'm serious. I said defensively. Men are such liars. She shook her head. Next you're going to tell me you're this great lover who has older women pounding on your door to get you to fuck them. My cock gave a little jump. Hearing Natalie Winston say the word. Fuck. Was a definite new direction in this conversation. I decided on humor. Hey, I said. I'm here alone this weekend. You see any women? You hear any pounding? They're probably taking their kids to the park. She said, narrowing her eyes as her voice grew more suspicious. Then they'll take them to their father's for weekend visitation, and they'll show up here right after supper. Both of them, together? I was smiling, but my cock was doing more than jumping now. In the shorts I was wearing, my bulge was going to become obvious in a matter of dash. Somebody likes that idea. She was looking directly at my crotch as she giggled again. Guess you haven't had them together then, huh? No. I said. Not yet. She answered. Her voice had taken on a softer, huskier timbre, and a deeper pitch. I shifted ever so slightly on the couch. Am I making you uncomfortable, Terry? No. I snapped at her. All right, yes. Good. She licked her lips. Good? You're trying to make me uncomfortable, Mrs. Winston? Haven't I told you to call me Natalie? She said with surprising heat. Natalie. Sorry. I'm sorry, Terry. She smiled again. And then her chin started to quiver. It's just that, just that I don't feel much like a married woman right now. That started another full-fledged crying jag. I pulled her close for a hug. She finally blew her nose again and looked me in the eye. After the first cry, I was only a little horny. She said bluntly, but that's the third. She paused, leaving me to guess whether there was some sort of commutative property that applied here. So if you don't want to fuck me. She answered the question for me. You'd better make that pretty clear in the next couple of seconds. I was lost in those beautiful blue eyes. Good. She nodded. I'm gonna teach you everything I know, Terry Martin. So when those women come over tonight, you can rock their little worlds. She was busy working my shorts and briefs down over my hips as she talked, and when she had them on the floor, she told me to stretch out on the couch. She kicked off the little canvas tennis shoes she was wearing, and straddled my legs. I was doing my best to look her in the eye, but my eyes eventually drifted down to where her skirt was bunched up around her waist, exposing the cutest little pair of robin's egg blue panties that I had ever seen. Now first, she interrupted me by pushing my t-shirt up my stomach. We're gonna—oh, fuck. Natalie? She tentatively reached forward with one hand to touch it. Oh my god, she said as she slowly started to stroke it. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, but you can call me Terry. I joked. She didn't laugh, but she did give me a crooked little smile. For the moment, she finally said. She pulled the sweatshirt I had given her over her head and reached behind her back to unhook her bra. So what do you think now? A worried look passed across her face as she tossed the bra across the room. They were even better now. Two round globes of smooth, White flesh that ended with perfectly proportioned circles of light pink, which were in turn topped with hard, elegant nipples pointed directly towards me. Terry, you're staring. The word, sorry, came into my brain, but only half of it successfully navigated the sex-fogged road to my mouth. So? I blurted out. She laughed, and a broad smile spread across her face. So, boobs? She asked. Apparently we were going to resolve my little nomenclature problem first. Too comic. I shook my head. It's those two O's. Hooters. Same problem. Tits? That's still not it. Jugs? Gross. Headlights, fun bags, knockers, melons, tatas? She was sort of knee-walking forward, with one knee on each side of me, as she spoke. By the time she finished with her list, she was close enough to lean forward and press them together between the palms of her hands inches away from my face. Breast, I said. I kissed the nipple of her right one. It's a soft word. Those s and the soft E, peaceful, too. Rhymes with rest. I moved over to suckle the left nipple. We're not going to be resting peacefully much longer if you keep that up, Terry. She moaned, pressing herself against me. I would have told her that was fine with me, but I found it difficult to talk with a mouthful of perfection. Instead, I reached around to cup her butt. I pulled her down toward me, and she moaned again, slowly rubbing herself against me. Smiling up at her, and without warning, I slipped my hands underneath her thighs and suddenly sat up, flipping her onto her back with her legs pressed against her torso. "'Terry!' she squawked. "'Natalie?' I asked her. I gently held her in place as I scrambled to a kneeling position. "'And just what do you expect to do here?' she asked looking up at me between her thighs over the hem of her skirt. Admire. Admire how good a pretzel I'd make? All right, worship then. I said. Worship what? She asked, her voice catching. Promise not to move? Okay. She agreed in a girlish whisper. I released her thighs and reached for the zipper in back of her skirt. Unzipped, it came off with the briefest of tugs, and once I had it to her knees, Natalie helped me by pulling it the rest of the way. I looked down at the panties that had attracted my attention before. I lowered my hands, splaying the fingers across her pubic mound as I rested the thumbs on the crotch that pointed up toward the ceiling. What are you doing? She whimpered as I began slowly began tracing one thumb after the other down the center of the fabric. Turning you on? I said hopefully. I'm already turned on. She squirmed. Don't you want to fuck me? I smiled. I remembered perfectly that part of the video where Natalie explained her husband's bedroom shortcomings. The problem is it comes too fast, and it ends too soon. I had no intention of starting too fast and I had gotten much better over the last few weeks at making sure that it didn't end too soon. I massaged her through her panties, using the cloth as my ally. I watched her face, trying to discern by a smile, a softening around the eyes, and a fluttering of the eyelids when I was successful. She seemed to particularly enjoy it when I thumbed her clit with the fabric. Terry. She moaned after a while. Take them off. I spent another minute touching her, but I acceded to her request and pulled the panties down her thighs. Once again she took over and pulled them off, only to find that it was now my head that was pressed between her thighs. Oh, Terry. She sighed as I licked the inside of her left thigh and then the inside of her right. "Mm Mmm. I murmured, my lips now covering the same ground where my tongue had just blazed a trail. Oh god, Terry, put it in, baby. By now my tongue and lips occupied the high, middle ground, doing their best to prepare the field for the requested assault. Terry. She whined. I reached down and yanked my t-shirt over my head, slowly allowing her hips to rotate back toward the couch. That finally brought her into direct contact with my cock, and I slowly rubbed the shaft up and down against her. Terry! She was growing more and more insistent. I spread her legs just a little more and leaned forward, easily sliding inside of her. Up to a point, anyway. After that, it was a question not so much of sliding it in, and certainly not of forcing it in, but of pressing through a sort of resilient force field that activated and energized every nerve I had on my cock. That goal I had set for myself of making sure that Natalie's experience didn't end too soon was now in mortal danger. There were few things in my life that I could use as a distraction. Visions of Laura and Pam weren't likely to help. Visions of my mother would probably help too much. Finally, I settled on swimming, that slow rhythm I tried to use once I'd mounted the starting blocks, the way I had of rocking back and forth, back and forth, trying to anticipate the starting horn but not letting myself be too far out of position if I failed. Oh, Terry, oh God! Natalie gasped. I felt her relax into the cushions of the coach. And then I suddenly found myself overtaken by my own climax, groaning as I held myself inside her. As I finished, the briefest of thoughts flitted through my mind. Maybe sex was always like this. Maybe each time was always better than the time before, just because it was this time. Or maybe I was just in love with my married neighbor. I wondered what she had thought about. I blinked open my eyes and smiled down at her. That was when I realized that I had been making love to an unconscious woman. I jerked myself out of her, horrified at what I had just done. Fortunately, as I stared down at her with eyes the size of salad plates, I could see the faintest of smiles on her lips. Maybe I hadn't screwed up after all. I went to the kitchen and fetched a glass of water. I sat down beside her on the couch, watching her chest slowly rise and fall, until she slowly opened her eyes and saw me. She smiled, a beautiful smile that revealed two even rows of perfect white teeth, and that made her eyes even more beautiful than they had been before. It was a smile of radiant happiness, and I tried to pay her back with one of my own. You okay? I said softly. I'm wonderful, she said. Thank you, Terry. No, thank you, I said, trying to sound as adult as I possibly could. You don't mind if I take a little nap now, do you? she asked. I didn't sleep at all last night, and then I spent this morning alternating between anger and despair. Uh, no, I said you want to use my bed? That would be nice. She agreed. She took a couple of sips of water, and I led her upstairs to my room, the one with the sheets that I had just washed that morning. Just give me a couple of hours. She smiled after I had tucked her in. Then I'll be ready for round two. I smiled back. Sweet dreams, Natalie. I think I'm going to have a religious dream. She said sleepily. Religious? I'm going to dream about my fucking God. She was asleep before I shut the door, and it dawned on me that she was talking about me. I was sitting in the den around five o'clock watching the second football game of the afternoon, when Natalie padded in wearing one of my t-shirts and the gym shorts that I kept by the bed for those late-night raids on the refrigerator. There it is, she exulted. There what is? My sweatshirt, she said. She picked it up off the floor. I think that's my sweatshirt, I told her. Used to be, maybe. She laughed. Without a thought, she whipped my t-shirt over her head wholly unconcerned that her brow was still lying somewhere on the other side of the room and pulled the sweatshirt on in its place. I looked at her expectantly, probably a little too expectantly. Evidently, I was an open book. How about some dinner first? She giggled. First? I feigned confusion. Before round two, silly boy, she said. She sat down next to me on the couch. I came over here this afternoon to bitch to your mom about my life, and you made me forget, for a little while, that I had anything to bitch about. I decided to teach you about sex, and I found out that there's not that much left for you to learn. So after I changed my clothes and buy you dinner down at the Sizzler, we're coming back here so you can teach me everything that you know. I probably reacted with alarm. Trust me, Natalie Winston did not want to learn everything that I knew about sex. She giggled again. And then, she whispered, We'll be ready for when your two other older girlfriends get here tonight. I honestly didn't think she wanted to be here for that, either. Continue in the next part.